time. I was blind, but now I see. Working jobs we hate, so we buy shit we don't need. Ideas are grateful. If you had one shot, everything I'd ever read, heard, seen was now organized and available. Now you fucking khakis. Life moves pretty fast. The Biohacking Secret Show. In this episode of the Biohacking Secrets Show. And when we finally realize we have this special set of uh, skills and abilities the rest of the world just doesn't have. As entrepreneurs, we perform this magic trick of traveling into the future that does not exist, creating a new reality, then coming back to the present and insisting it becomes real. You, me, and every other entrepreneur has had this constant drone throughout our lives. You're broken, here's what you need to fix, here's your deficiencies, here's your weaknesses, here's where you're not like the other kids or the other people or the other business people or the other group or whatever it is. And the reality is, is this, the entrepreneurs who are willing to cast off their weaknesses and completely ignore them and lean wholly and totally into the strengths are the ones who actually change the world. And Anthony, if you look at successful entrepreneurs throughout history and you look at patterns, you start seeing clear patterns. And there's a four-step pattern that I've watched pretty much every entrepreneur go through in order to be successful. This episode of the Biohacking Secrets Show is brought to you by Veritas Farms and their full line of CBD products, CBD standing for cannabidiol. Now, we are real excited about this partnership because Veritas means truth in Latin, and we are big believers in bringing you guys the truth, not just through this podcast, but by making sure that any products that we share or that we bring on as sponsors are products that we personally use, believe in, and endorse ourselves. And that is the case with Veritas Farms and their full line of CBD products. The reason that they're so great, they are full spectrum hemp products, meaning that they have all of the beneficial phytonutrients that you get in a quality CBD product. 99% of the CBD products on the market are CBD isolate, and they're just being resold, meaning they're coming from a few small manufacturers. They've only got one tiny part of all of the important phytonutrients that you need to get the benefits you want from a CBD product, and they're just a bunch of different companies reselling them. Veritas Farms is vertically integrating, meaning they own the farm. They ensure that there are no pesticides being added. It's organic, and then they control the entire process from harvesting to extraction until that product ends up at your door. That's what I love it. It's kind of like farm to table, but for CBD. And the benefits that I've noticed, my sleep is better. I feel like I get a deeper, more restful night's sleep. I'm less stressed. I never have periods of anxiety. I feel calm and focused throughout the day. And it even decreases inflammation when I have flights or other things where inflammation is an inevitable part of life. You take a little extra CBD and it can be very helpful for stress, anxiety, sleep, and that inflammation. So if you guys want to check it out, we've arranged a 15% discount for you guys. To get that, you can go to theveritasfarms.com forward slash biohacks. I'll spell it out. T-H-E-V-E-R-I-T-A-S-F-A-R-M-S.com forward slash B-I-O-H-A-C-K-S to save 15%. Check out the Veritas Farms CBD. You guys are going to absolutely love it. What's up guys, Anthony here, and one of my favorite things to do is helping men and women like you feel what it's like living life with the body you've always wanted and all day energy that starts the moment you wake up and doesn't quit. 
Over the past decade, we've created a proprietary health assessment that helps me to identify the unique toxicities and deficiencies that are holding you back from the life that you deserve. And what we've discovered in doing this now with thousands of CEOs, executives, professional athletes, businessmen, Hollywood celebs, and entrepreneurs is that there is always room for improvement and optimization. So if you're looking for help with this stuff and you'd like to see if you're a fit to work with me one-on-one, this program is usually full year-round with a waiting list, but we just had a few spots open up and I wanted to make this available to the listeners of the Biohacking Secrets show first. So what you want to do if you want to apply is head over to biohackingsecrets.com forward slash coaching. That's www.biohackingsecrets.com forward slash coaching, C-O-A-C-H-I-N-G. Fill out the short application form. And if you're pre-approved, you'll be given the opportunity to book a time to connect with someone on our team and see if it's a fit. Thank you so much for being a part of this community. I look forward to potentially going on this journey together. Hey guys, Anthony here, and I just wanted to give you a big biohack thank you for listening. I'm so humbled and grateful that you're spending some of your day with me and the Biohacking Secrets Show. And if you get any value from this episode, or you've gotten value from previous episodes, it would mean the world if you could leave us a five-star review on iTunes and share this episode with your friends, family members, and coworkers on social media. That way we can continue to spread this information and positively impact as many lives as possible. And it's also how our podcast gets discovered by more people. So without further ado, please enjoy this episode of the Biohacking Secrets Show. Alex, if you can, give the listeners a little bit of background on, you know, you were born in Mexico City. Tell us about your journey to becoming an entrepreneur, to accepting the unique aspects of your brain, your (laughs) skill set for the people who may identify with like, that entrepreneurial personality type, as you call it. Sure, Anthony. You know, I think for me, um, it took forever to identify with anything that I have as a strength. You know, when I first started out, um, so much of what I, what, what, how I behaved in the world, I felt like was broken. You know, I had a hard time paying attention in school. I couldn't sit still. I still have a hard time sitting still. Um, you know, if, 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 uh, if somebody was talking about something that I didn't care about, somebody would say, pay attention. And I never understood what that meant. Like I couldn't, I, I couldn't understand how to make that transaction. If I didn't care, I just didn't care. And there was nothing I could do about it. And so I always felt like challenged and broken. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like I always felt like I was the guy who was the odd man out. And then as I got older and I spent time, more time around exceptional business people and really intelligent people, I started realizing stuff like all the things that made me broken, dyslexia and dysgraphia and dysmorphia and having a hard time sitting still and not being able to pay attention and and like things called ADD and ADHD and autism and things like that. I realized the successful people I I was around, they had it and they had it even worse than I did, you know? And, and I mean, I, I have a friend who's a billionaire, legit multiple billionaire in wealth, not in like company wealth. He actually has that money in the world. Anthony, he can't read his own P&L statements, like somebody has to explain them to him. And so there's so much of what we look at in the world as, you know, as entrepreneurs being broken. And when we finally realize we have this special set of uh, skills and abilities, the rest of the world just doesn't have. As entrepreneurs, we perform this magic trick of traveling into the future that does not exist, creating a new reality, then coming back to the present and insisting it becomes real. That is so much more important than can you do long division? 
Right. Yeah. Right. You know, yes. and when we realize that everything changes, you know, the, the story of you, you said that you, you found comfort in the story I shared about Richard Branson mm-hmm. being over 50 years old and having to have an associate pull him out of a meeting and say, Richard, I got to teach you what gross and net means. Like, because you, you're, you're saying things in the meeting where everybody knows you don't know and it's making it weird. But like, dude, he was, that was gross and net of a billion dollar company. So like, understand weaknesses. We spend way too much looking time looking at them. And when you lean into your entrepreneurial strength, the world changes. Yeah. So for someone who realizes that they have that entrepreneurial personality type, that entrepreneurial spirit, but they also have tremendous weaknesses, um, with, financial statements and being able to get into the nitty gritty and, mm-hmm. and analytics and all mm-hmm. that stuff. What are, what are some of the first recommendations that you give those people? So Anthony, you know, here's, here's the, the first thing. I think one of the hardest things for us to understand about the entrepreneurial personality type is that when we're in momentum, we succeed. So you look at Richard Branson, that guy is, he's an expert at getting himself into momentum. Whether he knows the answers or not, he's like, there's an outcome here that I want. And so when we realize that our lives are about forward progress, about making things happen, about momentum, everything in our lives gets easier. And I think one of the biggest challenges we have is that you, me, and every other entrepreneur has had this constant drone throughout our lives. You're broken. Here's what you need to fix. Here's your deficiencies. Here's your weaknesses. Here's where you're not like the other kids or the other people or the other business people or the other group or whatever it is. And the reality is, is this, the entrepreneurs who are willing to cast off their weaknesses and completely ignore them and lean wholly and totally into the strengths are the ones who actually change the world. And far too many of us get up every day and go, I'm going to fix where I'm broken. Bullshit. Why don't you just figure out where your highest level of strength is, lean into that, and everything around you will change. And so I I encounter so many entrepreneurs that are completely wrapped around the axle, and I'm like, hey, what are you doing? I'm learning how to do, insert whatever horrible thing it is. And I'm like, are you having fun? No. Do you enjoy it? No, I hate it. Do you feel like it's giving you progress? No, I feel like I'm, you know, crawling through hot glass. Then stop. Yeah. Stop and find somebody to do it for you yeah. and go do the things that you're good at. That changes who we are. That's been a big challenge for us is yeah. like we're both the entrepreneurial personality types and it feels like these things that we don't like doing mm-hmm. start creeping their way into the business and before you know it, you're spending the whole day doing stuff that you're not passionate about, mm-hmm. but you feel like you have to do or else the business won't get to the next level. And that's like anti-biohacking because if you think about it, here's what happens. We get up every morning and we literally, we plug into an activity that instantly and aggressively drains our energy. And so then we're like, oh, I'm gonna gonna biohack, I'm gonna breathe different, I'm gonna do all these things so I can get through this horrible thing that I'm doing. And and here's, here's how we overcome that as entrepreneurs. We have to admit that we need more help than the average person in order to get to our full destination. And one of the biggest issues we have is any request for help. Making a request for help makes us feel vulnerable and exposed. Would I'm you agree? I'm terrible at that. Yeah. Dude, you're, you're self-aware enough to say I'm terrible yeah. at it. Yeah. A lot of entrepreneurs are like, oh, I'm pretty good. I, I can do that. I'm good. But the fact is, the second that our brain says, hey, here's this outcome we need, the immediate calculation is, how do I do it? Mm-hmm. And we, so we have this reflex, how do I do it? Why? Well, because we've always been that kid or that person or that business person where it's like, sit down, shut up, stop talking, quit making everyone else uncomfortable. So like when you've heard that reflection your whole life, you don't build the muscle of, oh, I'll ask for help. Mm-hmm. You build the muscle of when I ask for help, I'm told I'm broken. Yeah. When I ask for help, it doesn't show up. When I ask for help, I reveal vulnerability. So as we get older, we have to learn how to transparently ask for help and tell people what's going on. Anthony, I used to hide all of my weaknesses. The first 15 years of my career, 
I mean, I'm, I'm like, I get a little emotional saying it because I used to pre- pretend I wasn't dyslexic. Mm-hmm. Like, think of how crazy that is. I would sit in a meeting and I would have like stuff misspelled in my slide and somebody would point it out and I would be like, oh, that was probably my proofreader. It was me. Yeah. I'm dyslexic. Like I misspell stuff all the time and it's just part of who I am. Mm-hmm. Today, my team knows I'm dyslexic. So if I'm putting stuff out, they're like, we need your presentation two days early to get all the mistakes out of it. <laughs> you know? Well, most and, of the greatest are dyslexic. Dude, the, every, every billionaire I've yeah. ever met, every yeah. billionaire I've ever sat down with in person and had the opportunity to shake hands yeah. with has some level of dyslexia yeah. or dysgraphia, including yeah. like a good friend of mine, Dave Linegar, runs yeah. Remax, biggest house in all of Colorado, biggest private residence in Colorado, second biggest residence in Arizona, but he's building onto it so he can be number one, and multiple billionaire dyslexia. dyslexia yeah. I mean, you know what I, th- I find interesting? About you, you mentioned getting up in the morning. I'd like to kind of dive into deeper of what that morning routine looks like to get you charged up to really tackle the day. Yeah, you, you got it. Kind of walk us through what that that initial hour looks like, and, and what your big picture mindset is around like the importance of biohacking for business success. Yeah, you got it. Exactly. So uh, let's start with that, and then I'll tell you my morning routine. Mm-hmm. So. Um, you know, I think a lot of people refer to me as an expert, and I, I don't know if I, I love the expert title. I feel like I'm more of a consolidator. Like, I went out and I looked at what everybody else did and said, like, what are the commonalities here? Mm-hmm. And Anthony, if you look at successful entrepreneurs throughout history and you look at patterns, you start seeing clear patterns. And there's a four-step pattern that I've watched pretty much every entrepreneur go through in order to be successful. And what happens is they hit this inflection point in their career where things get important, and here's what they do. Like, Gates figures out basic, understands what's going on, goes through his 20s like at war with the entire world, and then sees this opportunity for Microsoft to truly become an international like powerhouse, stops fighting with everybody, and here's what he did. Step one, lower pressure and noise. Biohacking for me is about lowering noise. It's about increasing consciousness. It's about like how do I make things in my life easier? I think one of the challenges with being an entrepreneur or an evolutionary hunter is that we are set up for challenge. When somebody says, hey, don't worry about this, it's gonna be easy, our brains go, we'll make it hard. Mm. Right? Like, yeah. like, oh, then how do I make it into a challenge? Right. Yeah. And so in some cases, we have to say, like, hey, no, it's just about making it easier right now. So step one, lower pressure and noise in your life. Step two, increase protection and support. If you wanna have a business, an outcome, the world like you want it, you have to start asking for help. But Dave, who I just mentioned, has ninety-five thousand people worldwide carrying his business card. Remax. Yeah. Like how incredible is that? But dude, that's 95,000 people that Dave Linegar has in some way said, I need your help. And he's also said, I will help you. So there's an exchange there. He lowers pressure and noise for them. They lower pressure and noise for him. They ask for protection and support. That's how you grow. If you lower pressure and noise, step one, if you increase protection and support, step two, your strengths and abilities will just show up. You know, we've got it twisted as entrepreneurs. We're like, I'm going to go learn the strengths and abilities. Everything will get better. Lower the noise, increase support, you'll get better. Mm-hmm. Like that's a, that's a magic equation that works every single time. You know, I look at, at, at entrepreneurs who have really gotten serious about that. Like I'm going to lower the noise in my life. I'm going to build a team. And you and I have watched these guys, Anthony. Mm-hmm. You see them on stage one year and they're not in great shape, no team. They, they're, they sound good, but they're not really grounded. Two years later, they're fit. They have a team, they've changed their body, they've changed their life, the company's blowing up, there's a reason. Lower the noise, increase support, strengths and abilities show, and then the fourth step is, if you do those three things, you can go out and make your greatest contribution. And people like us need a ton of support to make our greatest contribution. Like, just in the time that I've spent with the two of you, 
there's going to have to be a team there. There's going to have to be an enterprise there. There's probably going to have to be a research department there in order for you guys to do what you want to do in your life. So if you lower the noise, increase support, strengths, and abilities show, you're going to make that that outcome you want. Beautiful. So, yeah. That's, that's my whole life is about those four things. And my coaching is about those four things. Yeah. What are some of the, the systems and practices that you have applied in your life and that you apply with clients for that morning routine? The biohacks, as, yeah. as Carrie mentioned, like how do you start taking small steps to integrate these, these changes? Yeah. So what you just said, Anthony, is the first part of it. It's routine. Yeah. You know, everybody wants to find the result or the, the like, here's the one thing I'm going to do. It's never one thing. Mm-hmm. It's routine. And it's changing the systems and the structures you have around you. So one of the things that we start with every client is hydration. Before we talk morning routine, before we even talk about what our program has, like literally the first conversation we ever have in our sales process, we bring up hydration. Huh. And, and understand, we're not teaching biohacking. Yeah. We're not a health company. You know, we teach people how to grow and scale businesses. But we know that if that the first, so if I was to grab your neck and choke you, within about two minutes, your body would tell us that you needed oxygen because you'd be in a full spasm and there would be all kinds of stuff going on. So other than oxygen, the next most important element that you take in is water. Mm-hmm. The problem is you can get to the point of almost dying dehydration. Your body's not going to tell us you need it. Because we have gotten to the point where we can suppress that instinct. Mm-hmm. If we fully hydrate one of our clients, everything changes. So we have a, a, a program for it. We have a 10-day. Di- right <laughs> Made you thirsty, didn't I? We have this thing called the 10-day the ten natural thirst challenge. If you go to getthirstynow.com. We'll link to that too. And it's, it, Anthony, it's actually an evolutionary protocol to reawaken the thirst instinct because we shut it down. It's that same, same you know, if, if your body says, hey, you're and thirsty. it diminishes with age. It diminishes with age, it diminishes diminishes with stress, and it actually turns off in fight or flight. Mm -hmm. So when you go into fight or flight mode, if your body's accelerated, your digestion slows down, your hormones get out of whack, your thirst instinct turns off, and your, your hunger instinct turns off. So when you look at most entrepreneurs, we the reason we're so big on morning routines is because we wake up a lot of the time in fight or flight. Mm. If you have a lawsuit going on, if you have a major launch going on, a lot of growth going on, you're hiring somebody, you wake up, you can almost instantly get into that acceleration again. And so you go to sleep, your body calms down, you might drain some adrenals, drain some thyroid, get rid of some cortisols, you wake up and it's like right back to the races. Mm -hmm. So here's what we do in the morning with every one of the people we work with. We have them create a routine that starts with very first thing, hydration. Get up in the morning and hyperhydrate. You know, and, and if you look at like I'm not the only one saying this, pretty much everyone who talks about morning routine is like taking on water is the most important thing you do. We so, talk about it often. Right? Mm-hmm. Like if you, you get up, you take on water, you start the whole body systems. Yeah. And then we have people build morning routines. For mine personally, I take on water, I meditate, I do breathing exercises, I do a primal squat, which is going all the way down into a squat, kind of simulating that bowel movement that we would have done in, in evolutionary times. Today we don't squat, we don't get that full compression of the body. So I do multiple squats. Um, I lay on, or I use the rock mats that you guys saw upstairs. And then I have a routine that like, I literally check the boxes. So I, I don't try and do it by memory. Everything that I do is written down. And here's why. That's hilarious. I'm the same way. I've got it on the fridge. 
It has like, to be. I feel like a little kid, but it helps. You know what, though? Sometimes we need to treat ourselves like little kids because yeah. here's why. We're entrepreneurs, and you have to realize that there's going to be a day where your morning routine does not take precedent in your mind. In your evolutionary mind of trying to win the battle, there's going to be a day where the morning routine doesn't matter. And if it's written down, that will be your North Star. If it's not written down, here's what happens. Every day you go through your morning routine, you are using decision-making. Decision-making fatigues. It's a finite amount of resources. You can't make endless decisions, especially as an entrepreneur. So if you write down your morning routine, you put decision-making back in the tank. So every day you get up and you check the boxes, just like a little kid, you're, what you're actually doing is freeing your brain to do other stuff. And so here's what happens, when, and you probably know this from having a written routine, is that within a few weeks of having a written routine, the morning becomes this insanely creative time. Yeah. because your brain is now released from logistics. Yeah. So as you're like checking the box and going, okay, now I need to go drink water. I need to go on my morning walk. I need to do this. Like every morning I go on a walk with my kids, 20 minutes, multi-plane surface, it, whether I need to or not. When I'm thinking about those things, I'm thinking about the walk. When I'm checking a box, I'm on the walk and I'm having creative ideas like crazy. Do you find the same thing? Do you do yes. journaling and morning pages by chance? I do. Oh, I do. Nice. That's, yeah. that's been well. where, that, that has opened up so much creativity where yeah. I find this massive resistance to sitting down and journaling. But as soon as I do, it's like everything opens up yeah. and all these ideas start coming. But I, I can't do it if I have distractions and I'm being bombarded. If I make the mistake of taking my phone out of airplane mode and letting interruptions in, then my brain goes to those and I'm reacting. Yeah. Not creative and accessible for those ideas that could come to me otherwise. Oh, Anthony, you just brought up such an important part of a morning routine. So here's, here's, and, and I didn't talk about it earlier, but we should, we should draw out what you just said. So, so what I just heard and what we try and to do a morning routine practices is we set up a routine that turns off reactivity and creates proactivity. So how do you turn off reactivity? Well, first you have to eliminate any reaction, any, anything that you're going to react to. So phone in airplane mode, that's until the end of my morning routine. I don't even get into the phone. I don't want to react to anything. I don't want any distractions. Basically turning on your phone first thing in the morning is letting anyone in the world manage your focus for the day. Yep. And it's Those random. Off and it, and yeah. it's completely random. So like you're checking your phone first thing in the morning means anybody else is now going to manage your focus, your time, your energy, and, and how you enter the day. So turning off the phone, compressing reactivity as much as you can, and then going on that morning walk, like going through some of the stuff that I said, but that 20 minute walk, we encourage every one of our clients to do it. And Anthony, I get a lot of hardcore clients when I'm like, Hey, you should go on a 20 minute walk. They're like 20 minute walk. I, I lift like seven tons of weight and go to CrossFit and I destroy shit and I climb <laughs> mountains and you know, like 20 minute walk, like you gotta be crazy. That does, that's not enough for me. But when I can convince someone to go on the 20 minute walk, like I've got a, a guy who in Europe who's a hardcore marathon runner and weight training and cross training and all kinds of other stuff. And when I first told him about the 20 minute walk, he kind of laughed at me. He's like, I do 13 miles a day and you're telling me to do a 20 minute walk. And I was like, yes, before the 13 miles. And so I convinced him to try it. And I think on his side, he was like, I'm going to try this so I can tell him how useless it was. <laughs> he came back about three months later and he's like, I just want to let you know, I had a personal record in the London Marathon. I'm like, that's great. Congratulations. What'd you do? He's like, 20 minute walk in the morning. I'm like, really? He said, yeah, dude, it's a complete game changer. Wow. Said on the morning of the marathon, he got up and did his 20 minute walk. He felt more focused, more connected, more there than he ever had been. He's in the starting blocks for the marathon. He said he wasn't accelerated. He wasn't all out of whack. He took off. He didn't have that thing where for the first three miles he ran too far. He was totally mind-body connected, personal record. 
And you're saying this doesn't have to be something that you do in solitude. You're doing it with your kids. Oh, I'm doing it with my kids. Yeah. And what do you attribute this to? Like downregulation of the sympathetic nervous system? Absolutely. Like less less well, he, fight or flight? Here's, here's what I attribute it to. If you think of us as evolutionary beings, right? So I look at a lot of like the history of how did we get to where we are as human beings? Well, if, if you look at evolution, if you got up in the morning and were living in a tribe, you would probably walk away to use the facilities. There'd be a walking period in the morning. There'd be like a reset period. Mm -hmm. And what I think happens is when you get up and you walk, especially like I'm walking with my kids, I'm having a casual conversation. We're connecting as human beings. I'm breathing in and out through my nose. There's absolutely no acceleration at all. So the nervous system is moving, but not accelerated. Mm -hmm. So it's convincing the body you are not in fight or flight. You're safe. You're safe. Yeah. So when I get back from the walk, Literally, I feel more connected. Yeah. I feel like the grass is greener. Like we take off and by the time we're coming back down the street, I always, it's funny, I always think like, it's so weird how the leaves look more crisp after a 20 minute walk and how like the air feels more clean and more clear. And it's because neurologically, I've just completely engaged through using a passive activity of walking, but letting it convince my body I'm not in fight or flight. And you're doing it barefoot. I'm doing it in, in Vibrams. I wish I could do it barefoot. Whenever I'm in an environment where there's not red ants, I do it barefoot. But here in Texas, <laughs> yeah. like red ants are so brutal yeah, yeah. that you have to be careful. Yeah, you're not so, safe with red ants. Oh, dude. Well, and I'm allergic to them. So if oh, I get a oh. bite, it lasts like two weeks. But when I'm in California, it's like, freedom! I <laughs> get rid of the shoes. Oh, this is hilarious. <laughs> this is beautiful. And just before we move on to, to some other cool stuff with the, the hydration challenge, to give people who are not properly hydrated in the morning. What are some of the, the, what's the water that you drink? How do they calculate the quantity? Like how do they make this a little bit practical? Is this all at getthirsty.com? It is, it okay. is. But let me give you like the highlights. Okay. So here's, here's the simple part of water. Um, the 10 day challenge is basically water only for 10 days. And everybody goes, no, I can't just do water. Here's no what happened. Coffee, no, no, tea, no coffee, no tea, no nut. Here's why. What we want to do, Carrie, is it, evolutionarily, you would only be drinking water. Coffee, tea, any additive wouldn't have been there. And your body doesn't. So if you drink coffee, you're still getting water, but you're getting water that has to be heavily processed mm -hmm. by your systems before the H2O component can be utilized. So for 10 days, we give the body nothing but water. And here's what happens, food? Anthony. The, for sure food. No, okay. This is not a water fast. All this right. is <laughs> drinking water and then eating like you normally would. I was like 98% of people just dropped off. Yeah, no, forget <laughs> it. No, no, no. I don't want anybody to starve themselves. But, but here's what happens. And sometimes people say like, I need to take ketones in the morning or can I take a, a nutrition shaker? Yeah, I mean, there's some, there's some leeway there. But what you don't want to be doing is trying to reawaken your natural thirst instinct and drinking Diet Coke all day. It doesn't work. Mm -hmm. And so if you drink 16 ounces or more in the, of water in the morning, that's called a hyperhydration. And scientifically, here's what it does. Increases your metabolism 20 to 30% connects mind and body, flushes the, the lymphatic system, and flushes the circulatory system. 16 ounces of water is like a trigger. So we, we look at it and we say 16 ounces of water increases the metabolism 30 to 50%. My argument is that's probably where we're supposed to be when you're fully hydrated. So just stay hydrated and your metabolism runs higher. And so when we can get people to drink, the three rules are 16 ounces of water in the morning, keep water with you all the time. And then if you think about it, drink. Like even if you look at your water bottle, that's probably a subtle sim symbol from your sim or a subtle signal from your body saying drink. Subconsciously, I'm thirsty. Exactly. Because because the thirst instinct is so subtle because evolutionarily, if your body said, hey, you need water, you would go find water right then. Because if you were, if you know, 5,000 years ago without a water spigot right over there, if we felt thirsty, we would probably panic. Today, we feel thirsty and we're like, meh, 
can keep going. Mm -hmm. If we lean into that feeling, here's what routinely happens. Women start drinking somewhere between two and 300 ounces of water a day. Men, four to 600 ounces a day. And they're like, it's gallons. Yeah. Gallons in the first 10 days. So you went- It calms down, but it goes up. Yeah. I'm going to pivot because I love your shirt. It says evolutionary hunter. Thanks, man. And I love that analogy that you used in your book. Can you talk to us a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm going to try and do it without getting emotional. So, uh, you can get emotional. <laughs> we're, in the, we're, in the, we're in the trust tree. Yeah, we're, we're, we're in my backyard, right? <laughs> uh, so, you know, Carrie, uh, um, a few years ago, I, I pivoted my business and I started doing a ton of research on, and I went even deeper into like, who are entrepreneurs and why do we do what we do? And, and you know, I've done a ton of, of research and reading of the life histories of successful people throughout, throughout our world. And I started seeing these similarities. Like when you look at successful people, there are these clear similarities. There's this obsession with results. There's this ability to focus where the rest of the world just doesn't understand. There's, there's this ability to see unique connections and perceive things that aren't there and see the future in a different way. And there's this bias for improvement. And I, and I started like, you know, stacking all those things up. And what I started seeing is that like, hey, there are people in the world that are unlike the rest of the world. And that's, and there's a ton of conflict there and there's a ton of challenge there. And people like us experience a lot of pushback. And so when I look at the world, I see four types of people and I'll let you guys and everyone else like self-qualify who you are. And, and this came from reading. It also came from like observation. I think the first big group of people in the world is the people who take care of other people. And these are the caretakers. They're the ones that like enjoy the act of taking care of other people. I'll ask you guys if you're a caretaker. Here's the qualification question. Do you enjoy changing bedpans? Like a bedpan somebody who is used? No. So everybody else can't see you. I saw you. You both made weird faces. Like <laughs> Bull sugar. Yeah. Entrepreneurs go like this. No. <laughs> like, no, I don't. But if there was a caretaker here and you ask the person, do you like changing bedpans? Dude, they would look at you congruently and say, if that person needed a bedpan being changed and I was here to change it, I feel fulfilled. I'm like, holy crap, I'm not like that person. Yeah. We are different, right? But we need okay. that person. Yeah. We totally need that person. So that, they're the caretakers. And we need them in our companies. We needed them evolutionarily. There's a reason why the world survives. The second group of people is the communicators. Now, these are the people who, who talk. They like to carry on oral tradition. They like to share stories. They like to, to tell you stuff. The disqualification question for communicator is, do you enjoy small talk? No. <laughs> it's resolute, right? <laughs> but dude, you take two communicators, put them at a water cooler, they'll talk for 45 minutes about a half hour TV show. Right? And like people like us will look over and go, what are they doing? Al, Al Houdini from Paleo FX after like four hours. Yeah. Oh my God. Dude. He's like, where are you? I'm like, I'll see you. Anthony, when I'm at an event, when I'm at an event and small talk, like if I get cornered into a small talk conversation, I'm like, um, should I stab a knife into my leg or yeah. fake a heart attack? Yeah. You know, like I get irrational. Me too. I get totally irrational. I'm like, I don't even think like myself because it's such a hard place to be. But communicators love it. And again, we needed that. We needed people to carry on oral tradition. We needed people to say, like, don't go over there. You'll die. There's a cliff. Don't go over there. There's a woolly mammoth. And so we needed communicators. We still do. Mm -hmm. The third set of people, we call them the coordinators. 
they're all C's. It's kind of it works nicely. The caretakers, the communicators, the coordinators. Now, coordinators are the people who like order. They like direction. They like red tape. They like systems. They're the people who like contracts. Not because there's a deal. I mean, I like deals. They like the contract, yeah. right? And coordinators. The question for that is: Do you enjoy sitting on committees? <laughs> Not at all, right? <laughs> like that red tape. You had me at. These yeah. all sound like questions loaded to get to to elicit a no. You want to know what's interesting, <laughs> Anthony? When I go out and speak in in like a mixed population where it's entrepreneurs and everybody else, I'll say, "Do you enjoy sitting on committees?" Ten hands will go up. Yeah. Like you and I, it's such an automatic. Like no way. Yeah. Here's why. There's a reason why you've had a reaction to every one of these questions and the general population of the United States wouldn't. In fact, if we were at like a general just whoever shows up conference, mm-hmm. we'd get – when I say, say caretaker, 60% of the room would go up. Yeah. When I say – Maybe some of our audience is listening right now. And 100%. Okay. It's totally yeah, okay. We need everyone. And here's what's interesting. You have entrepreneurs who have tendencies. Like I'll give you an example. On, on our team – I have um, Haley, who is an entrepreneurial personality type like crazy. She's our operations manager, but she has coordinator tendencies like crazy, but she has good coordinator tendencies. She's not like trying to to stop me from doing business, but she's like, hey, Alex, if you're going to do that again, let's get a system around it. Let's get a process around it. Like I want those people. But there's also people that are such strong coordinators that like – they want to red tape and legislate and get out right because yeah. here's here's the difference now 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 if you look at those three personality types caretaker communicator coordinator we have the people who take care of other people the people who carry on oral tradition the people who keep things in order what's missing it's the evolutionary hunter and when i look at guys like us and women like us and the people who are in my courses we're the evolutionary hunters. We're that tiny part of the population that doesn't fit with everybody else. And check this out. Here's the qualification question for evolutionary yes, hunter. Can you turn it off? No. No. <laughs> I love it. No. no. And so check this out. Whether you believe in intelligent design, like there's some higher power involved here, whether you believe in evolution, whatever your theory of humanity is, wouldn't it make sense that the small part of the population that gets up every day, goes out and kills things and keeps the tribe alive is also the part of the population that is hardwired not to be able to turn it off? How many times a week do we say that we can't turn it off? Right. Every day. But you know, you want to know what is driving you, Anthony? Like, here's my theory. Here's what's driving you. Millennia of human knowledge of people in our tribe, of the part of the tribe that is the hunter saying, you must go on. You must keep going. You cannot stop. This tribe will not survive if you do. And we're not driven by an internal motivation. We're, and it's not an external motivation. The psychologists say you need to have either internal intrinsic motivation or external motivation. I call BS. We have intrinsic motivation. It's just there. Mm-hmm. You know you can't turn it off. Right. In fact, when an entrepreneur looks like they're not motivated, here's what's really going on. They're sitting still and their head is going crazy, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> like you got, oh, that guy's checked out. No, he's checked into an entirely different equation you can't even see. <laughs> and so, so that's why you know, my theory is we are the evolutionary hunters. We are that small part of the population that is put here to drive the tribe forward, to evolve this tribe. And I believe entrepreneurs are the only source of consistent, positive human evolution, and we always will be. For me, it's polarizing. And what I want us to know and what I want you guys to like walk out of this with and anybody listening is that when you look at who we are, here's the difference between us and all three of the other types of people that I told you about. If you run into a hard ca- hardcore communicator or caretaker or, or a coordinator especially, they live in the status quo. 
They live for today. Think about what they do. They're communicating in the present. They're coordinating in the present. They are, they're, they're caretaking in the present. We live in the future. And when you look at all those personalities, when they are hardcore on the spectrum, they cling to the status quo. We come in and say, we're going to change everything. So if you as an entrepreneur have ever felt like you have had inherent conflict with the world, let me resolve that for you. You have. You have. Because there are people that when we get up in the morning and say, I'm going to change this, they all go, oh, man, get that, knock that guy down you know, trip her. Like we don't want anything being changed. And (laughs) so, right. Like that's, that's really how it works. And so we have to understand that if we're going to go out and change the world and make things happen, we have to surround ourselves with our tribe. The, the C word that you use to describe the evolutionary hunter is Oh, there wasn't a C world. It's just oh, evolution. the first three are The C's. first three are C's. Okay, all right. <laughs> um, I was like, that was going to bother me until I got some resolution there. <laughs> <laughs> that, that always happens to me when I'm talking to somebody. I'm like, hey, you said four. There was only three. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but this is fascinating, too. Even if you looked at humanity as like a self-sustaining ecosystem, uh-huh. all of these roles need to be there. They do. If one's missing, that ecosystem falls apart. 100%. And if you look at it, if if any of those roles get unhealthy, you can absolutely see it in our world. Like there's an unhealthy coordinator effort right now to shut down small business. There's an unhealthy coordinator effort right now to make it harder for us to open businesses because coordinators, like if you get a hardcore coordinator, here's who they are. They are like, worship the status quo. Don't change anything. Keep things the same. Knock anybody down who's going to make it harder on us. Make the rules easier to understand. And like you and I both know, we have conflict with that sounds person. Sounds like our government. I was going to say, it sounds, <laughs> like, it sounds like the politician personality type. It is. You know what? In a lot of cases, it is the, the politician personality type. In a lot of cases, it's like the committee sitting regulator, you know, like the IRS auditor. Like they love that stuff. I'm making all these judgmental faces. I, but no you judgment. Know, but but <laughs> yeah. you know what? Here's the, here's the other side of that coin. We as entrepreneurs, if you find a coordinator with, with evolutionary hunter tendencies like Haley, holy, I mean, like Haley is the keys to the kingdom. We need to find one. She's amazing. And and that's Carrie, that's what we help entrepreneurs do is we call it operators. And what we, we call them entrepreneurial operators or internally we call them evolutionary operators. Because when you find an operator like Haley, here's what she does. She has enough of the evolutionary hunter mentality, not enough. She's mostly evolutionary hunter. She brings along enough coordinator that she's like conquer in order, <laughs> you know, she's not the person who's saying like, stop, don't grow, make it easier, you know, keep the status quo going, but she wants to go out and build massive things, but with a structure to it. Like how do you kind of do that with you sometimes? Cause you're definitely Hunter all out. <laughs> you, you reign me in to a tremendous degree. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. When I first signed on, it was like, Oh yeah. Well, here's what, <laughs> here here's go. here. You want explicit directions. Here's what we would tell the two of you to do. Find an, an executive assistant, and it, it, male or female, like everybody always asks me, does gender matter? It, it really doesn't. I mean, we've seen it work with any gender, but here's what you're looking for. You're looking for somebody on the disc profile that's a high DC. You want somebody who has D over the line and C over the line. Disc They're, profile, where can people go to find out which one they are? So ironically, the best disc profile in the market right now is free. Tony Robbins has it. If you go to TonyRobbins.com forward slash disc. You can take the test, and then when we're interviewing people, we say, go to Tony Robbins forward slash disc, and then send us the results. And what you're looking for is on the disc profile, there's D, I, S, and C, and the D is the driver personality. The C is that coordinator personality. You want a driven coordinator. 
And when you find a high DC, like this is, this is something we do in all the companies we work with. We have 70 organizations we work with. Probably half of them have a high DC coordinator. And when you find that person, like I have, I have entrepreneurs come back to me and say, like, this is what I've been looking for my whole life. It's fun, like somebody who I can talk to and she's not telling or he's not telling me to stop. They're telling me to grow faster. They're helping me do it. Like I have clarity. And so these days in my business, if I want to start a project, I don't start a project. I have the idea and I talk to Haley about it. Then Haley and I present it to the team. Then we get it into our system to execute the project. And then I know it's going to happen. So these days, it might feel to the observer that I go much slower than I ever have in my life. Because if I think of something on Monday, there's no way the project's happening on Monday. It's probably happening three weeks from there. But the way that it works now is instead of pulling the trigger on Monday, everybody's frustrated. Nobody knows what's going on. I've thrown everybody off. I have a discussion with Haley. We get it into our system. We apply the project. It's completed at a level that it never would have been before. And we get multiple like exponential results. And you do this system once and then you could follow it for life well and and carrie that's the thing these days my thought process in my business is is this something we're going to do ongoing because if it is we lay down train tracks as we're doing it so that it can happen over and over again and it never never takes effort Mm -hmm. the the analogy that's like coming to mind is almost like i think of the mongols or some of these cultures that like conquered many other different countries and, and cultures if you were to just run through it and like pillage these other areas, but not set up systems to maintain order where you keep the control. If you just move through, the order will not be maintained. Yeah. But if you do it a little bit slower and then you're like, okay, we took over this country. How do we keep that control? Yeah. That we just worked so hard for. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. I mean, it's a good analogy. It's like, if you look at it this way, it's like, you know, most entrepreneurs are so impatient to get something done that on a Monday morning, we'll say, okay, let's pull the trigger on this project, get our whole team in a room, change everything. Well, what we don't really have a, an ability to see is that our whole team was already doing stuff. They already had outcomes. We're throwing everything off. We're shifting the energy. We're shifting the way that they focus. I do this daily. Oh, and, and it, you know, I, I just had a conversation two days ago at, at Paleo FX with a good friend of mine who was about to do this to his team. He was about to go in and just like rechange everything. And here's the difference. It feels slower when you stop pulling the trigger instinctively. But if you give it six months, I have entrepreneurs come back to me, or not come back to me. I mean, I've, I've been in the audience where one of my clients is speaking on stage, and they'll say things like, you know, it used to feel so good to pull the trigger on a Monday and be into a project on Tuesday, but then I realized it didn't really help. Now, I have the idea on a Monday, it gets executed four weeks from then, there's train tracks under it, and we get a massive result, and I don't have to worry about it. And whenever I hear one of my clients like go through that, like, delayed gratification explanation, I always get chills because as soon as you can connect to that delayed gratification, do it through a system, that's where you start building an empire instead of building casual results. I think it's very interesting to explore the delayed gratification aspect of life life and society (laughs) as a whole because now we're all living in this world where everything's instant. Oh, we want, we post on Instagram, we want those likes instantly. We want you know, our video to blow up and go viral instantly. And, you know, people just have lost touch of that art of instant gratification. Maybe you can expound on that and how you delay that gratification, not only in your business, but in your life. Yeah. So here's, here's how I look at it, Carrie. Um, 
my my outcomes in life are far greater than the average person. Like I don't I don't want to just have a company. I want to leave a significant change behind. I want 100 or 200 years from now for people to still be using our systems. Like that's not normal. That's not what most people want. Most people want to make a bunch of money. Like for me, I want to leave I want to leave an indelible impact here the same way that so many of my heroes did. And when I look at like, what is it going to take to do that? Well, first I have to have a lot of people in my time that care about what we're doing. I need to go out and build that following. Well, in order to do that, that's not a one day to the next deal. That's building relationships. That's making sure that we have the right thought processes in place. And so that's building a strategic plan. And the, if, if you look at what we, we do for businesses, we open three areas. We show them how to build a strategic plan, communicate to the plan to their team, and then consistently hire the right people, document the right processes, and, and execute the right projects. And that system takes massive delayed gratification. Here's why. Step one, you have to create a plan. Most entrepreneurs, the plan is go. <laughs> right? Yeah. It's like, how did decision go? Mm -hmm. That's the whole plan. Well, when you start creating a strategic plan and you extend out where you're going to go, everything changes. For sure. For sure, and and we're gonna we're gonna be respectful of your time. Uh, <laughs> your so, wife, people. <laughs> yes. Well, here's here's what I. Here. Are y'all gonna edit? Wrap wrap it up. Yeah. We'll, no, you're totally good. We're Alex, live we're on gonna, Facebook. Don't worry. Oh, about. hey Facebook. <laughs> we're gonna go um, meet Megan and Haley at the Grove. Oh, and, sweet. And then you can just meet us there. That's perfect, Katie. Awesome. Okay, cool. Bye, Thank guys. you. Thanks, Katie. Our Thank apologies. So oh, that gives us a few minutes. So. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, nice. Um, so you get to see the. the Unedited version. <laughs> <laughs> you, you said something too in your book that was fascinating. You were talking about the difference between how, I guess, contrast where you used to hire from, what you used to look for when building a team, and what you now value, oh, and how man. you now pick the people that you surround yourself with that yeah. that you're gonna that you're gonna hunt with, and that you're gonna yeah. you know, conquer uh, the world with, change the world with. I, I think when we start talking about it, I get chills because. For so long in my life, I thought I was a fundamentally broken business person. Like, really. I, I still I, feel that way right now. Oh, gosh, man. Yeah. When, in my 20s, I was like, this is so much harder for me than everybody else. And why do people hate me? And why is it that I can't get the right people on my team? And why is it I'm so broken when it comes to leadership? Like, there was a point I remember um, in my, my mid to late 20s where I was, like, driving down the road thinking, should I just go work in a fast food restaurant? Because I'm so bad at this. I had a company that was responsible at the time for probably $150 million in sales. And I'm going, should I work fast food? That's how bad it was. Because every day I felt like I was in a battle, not just with my clients and the market, but with my own team. Mm -hmm. And what has shifted massively is going from hiring on skill set and expertise, which I thought was the way to do it, to hiring on skill set and expertise, but 100% on culture. And here's how we and do it now. Too, right? yeah, yeah, like we, we do disc profiling, but here's what we're really looking for, Carrie. We want true believers. And so that everybody understands where that term comes from, it comes from a book by Eric Hoffer called True Believer. And it's a book on how to create cults. And I say that because I don't want anybody saying, oh, he's trying to teach people to create cults. Let me just say it like out front, I'm trying to teach people to create cults. So <laughs> let, me, yeah, be clear. let me be very clear. Apple is a cult. Uh, Zappos is a cult. Uh, Google is a cult. My, my cousin, cult, right? 100% cult. And, but, but is it a cult in the negative way? Because you no. know what else is a cult? CrossFit. Mm -hmm. 
right? So is, is CrossFit a negative cult? No, it's an incredible place. Like there's so many people that get tons out of CrossFit. Is Paleo FX is a cult. Like walk around that show. Yeah. There's people there that will fight you over Paleo principles. Yeah, like true. no joke, you you walk down that. Yeah, you don't yeah right, exactly. <laughs> like I, I dare you to walk in there with a cup, like a box of Hostess Twinkies and just go walking through the show. Somebody's going to knock it out of your hands, right? <laughs> and so it's because, you know, now when I go out and I hire true believers, we look for true believers in three ways. And this is for everybody. including the two of you. So there's three levels. One is I want a true believer in me and what I do. Second one is my company and what we produce. Third one is our clients and what they do. Now here's the caveat. If you're just starting out, not a lot of people know who you are. You might not be able to get that first one. Like it's hard to find a true believer in you unless you have a following, unless you're well known. Thankfully at this stage in my career, we have a lot of people who know exactly who I am and they come in and they interview with us and they're like, I've listened to every podcast, I watch the Facebook lives, I love what what Alex does. We're in a good place. So if you don't have if you don't have a big following, look for a true believer who says, you know, for me, it's someone who says, I love entrepreneurs. I grew up in a family business. I want to help entrepreneurs. I think business is so fascinating. You know, I love what they do. I'm not one of them, but I, I love what they do. Or I feel like I'm kind of one of them. I just don't know that I could ever lead it. That's what we're looking for. And then we're we're also looking for people who believe in coaching and believe in our company. And when we bring in true believers with some skill set and experience. Dude, the, the difference is crazy. Like we have a true believer artist. Her name's um, Karina and she's a graphics designer, but I call her an artist and she works in Ireland. And so her hours are completely different than ours. She's on every daily huddle at 930 in the morning. If we have a weekly meeting, it doesn't matter if it's two o'clock in the morning, her time she gets up and she's on it and she contributes to the level that I've never had a designer contribute because she loves what we're doing. So she does stuff like from Ireland, she contacted Haley and she's like, hey, can I redo the way that our whole company has our naming convention and the drive that bugs me? That's a true believer. Like nobody told her she had to do it. She asked for the project and she restructured our entire naming convention from a graphics designer seat. Like when you have true believers, it's crazy what happens in your business. Now, how do you manage outsource employees? Because as we become more digital, online businesses are popping up everywhere. We have, you know, online employees and outsourced, uh, you know, private contractors or freelancers, whatnot. What are some of the best practices that you've used in your businesses to manage those? People. So, Carrie, we when we say um, outsource, so we everybody in our business is remote. I'm the Katie and I are the only ones who work here in Austin. Actually, that's not true. We have Brittany and Eddie here in Austin, but it's the same as if they weren't here. So, we have people in Australia, the Philippines, Ireland, Europe, Canada, and the U.S. So we're all over the, and we're only a 15 person team, but I hire for talent and then geography really doesn't matter. I'm looking for like the most awesome person. And the way that we manage our, our team, whether in person, remote, the way our clients do it is we have a cadence system where everyone understands the strategic plan. Everyone is in a communication system where they're getting regular communication and then they know exactly what their role is. So at the person level, here's what we're looking for. Clear outcome, clear accountability, and a scoreboard. So every person in our group, no matter where they are in the world, they know exactly what their outcomes are. They know what their role is and what everybody else's role is. And there's a scoreboard to show them that they're winning. KPIs to keep track. Kind of. Like KPIs are, key performance indicators are, are, they get a little confusing. Like I'm looking for a simple scoreboard. Let me give you an example. So Deanna, who's our coaching manager, 
I, I said, Deanna, you know, I need metrics on coaching. I want you to show me where coaching time's going. I want you to show me the numbers around coaching. So the metrics she reports are like, what percentage of time coaching, what percentage of time not coaching, how many coaching calls were there, and what's our utilization? Those are kind of KPIs, but I'm looking at is like, what's the measurement for each role that I have in my business? Like Karina, a designer, we might say, how many new designs this week? How many new designs were released? Like, what did she put together? That way we know what's going on with each position. And then we look at it as each position on a weekly basis has the stuff they do anyway. Like this is what they're already doing, their ongoing activity, and this is the incidental activity. So like as an example, Rachel, who's in Australia, who's our writer, on a weekly basis, she's writing all the podcast descriptions. She's writing our email list. She's writing our social media content. All of that is just in a list that's static. And then anything extra or new is added on on a weekly basis. And if you find true believers, here's what happens to us all the time. We will be in our daily huddle and somebody will actually go, hey, I finished everything yesterday. I need more work. And so anybody who ever says like, totally, (laughs) man, you know, here's, here's what I always tell people. If you hire true believers, you will never have to motivate them. If you hire anyone else, you will never motivate them enough. That makes a lot of sense. One of the challenges that many entrepreneurs, myself being included in this category find is you can spend all day doing things where you're active, but not making any progress. How do you help people that are working with you, people on your team, bring more consciousness and awareness to how they're spending their time and then put their energy into things that actually move the needle? Okay. So, so we have a tool for this. Um, Time is like the most important thing that we have. However, when you look at the tools around the, either the management or inventorying of time, they're not very good. And most of us don't really have a good idea of what we're doing with our time. So here's what we do with our team members. And here's what I do with myself. Every 90 days, we do a two-week time study. And I just want to introduce this by saying it's, one, it's, it's an incredibly hard exercise. It's not fun. It's hard. You'll complain about it. And the, when you start it the first half day, you're going to be like, there's no way I can do this for two weeks. All of that being said, 100% of our clients do this every 90 days, and most of them will tell you this is the most effective thing they do every 90 days after they've done it once. In fact, you brought up ClickFunnels. Dave Woodward, who's the EVP there, Dave and I are pretty good friends, and he called me one day, and he's like, you know, we've got a lot of changes going on. I just want some strategies. Like, give me what you got. You know, like, Dave's a really good guy. (laughs) And so we talked for about 30 minutes. I brought up the time study, and he's like, are you kidding? That sounds horrible. No. And I'm like, Dave. The reason you had the reaction like that is because this is exactly what you need to do. And he's like, you got to be kidding me, man. Like, this is not what I need. Is there anything else? You have another strategy? I'm like, no, Dave, this is it. This is what we should do. uh, Magic bullet. So three days later, um, here's, here's the time study. You sit down and literally every 15 minutes, you write down what you're doing with a pen. No apps, no typing, no dictating. You write down what you're doing. Everybody's like, isn't that hard? Yes. Doesn't it take extra time? Yes. But here's what happens. It happened today. At the end of the second day, he left me a Voxer and he's like, Alex, I hate this exercise, but it's probably the best thing I've done in years. It's like, it's two days and I already see an efficiency. I'm changing everything. I'm already going to modify stuff. At the end of two weeks, he left me a message. He's like, I can't believe how productive I am. This is amazing. I have a totally different relationship with my assistant. I'm handing all this stuff off. Just a two-week time study. And so when I have one of my team members do it, here's what often happens. Recently, Deanna, again, who runs coaching, um, was feeling like it was getting a little overwhelming, like maybe there was too much there. So we said, like, let's do a time study and and figure it out because what we're going to do is take that time study and hire someone. Well, she did the time study and came back to us and said, I'm really happy to report that after the time study, I found a ton of efficiency in my day and I don't need anybody else. 
All right, we're doing it. We're doing it. I've known I I need to do it, and uh, I kind of just wanted to have this conversation. Where can people out there listening to this do this? Is it through your coaching program? Uh How can they find out more about doing that and and getting your services? So if you want to understand more about the coaching program, um, the best place to go is probably billionairecode.com. That's where you can answer some questions. We'll show you where you are on the billionaire code, and then you can set up a call with a member of my team. Another place to get a lot of information about what we do is our Momentum Podcast. You know, we, we, uh, we put out some of our best content is on the Momentum Podcast. And what it basically is is... Um, when I'm coaching one of the 70 companies that we have, when something comes up, I'll just do a first person podcast. And the way I look at the momentum podcast is it's a daily conversation with the people I'm helping grow their business. So all of my clients listen to the podcast is kind of part of the program. And then we let everyone else listen along with them. That's great. Let's take a quick second to check out some awesome biohacks from our sponsors. And then okay. we'll come back with a rapid fire round and kind of wrap things up. Let's do it. This episode is also brought to you by Buy Optimizers and the Biohacking Secrets Upgraded Digestion Package. So if any of you guys are dealing with suboptimal digestion, characterized by gas, bloating, your stomach feeling distended or like it's sticking out after certain meals, if you get sluggish, if you deal with constipation or diarrhea, you're going to want to pay attention because it usually comes down to one of three things being off. The first is low stomach acid production. The second is low enzyme production. And the third is gut distension dysbiosis, meaning you have too many of the quote unquote bad bugs in your gut and not enough of the good ones. And the Bioptimizers Biohacking Secrets Upgraded Digestion Package addresses all of these root causes of suboptimal digestion. It's the best value you could possibly get if you're looking to take 30 days and turn your digestion completely around. And you can get that for just 177 bucks. It's usually 270 bucks by going to buyoptimizers.com forward slash biohacks. That's B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash B-I-O-H-A-C-K-S to check out the exclusive Biohacking Secrets upgraded digestion package for just 177 bucks today. All right, we're back with Alex Sharfin, rapid fire round. Alex, take us through some of your favorite biohacks. Okay. Um, just like what are the what are the ones that I think are most important? Mm-hmm. Uh, so for me, it's anything that increases awareness, lowers toxicity, and gives me more momentum. So right now, my favorite biohacks are um, everyday sauna. I'm doing at least 20 minutes in an infrared sauna in excess of 140 degrees. I don't go over about 30 minutes because I'm doing it daily, but I feel like that has given me tremendous momentum. It feels incredible. Um, on a daily basis, using the PEMF machine, at least 15 minutes, just raising the cellular activity. And then I love the Juve red light system. Like I actually am starting to feel a massive amount of momentum getting out of that. Now, those are all some pretty high-end biohacks, like especially some, some expensive ones. You have to have a sauna, a PEMF machine, or a Juve. And you've got a sunlight and sauna. The PMF machine that you have is the Pulse Technologies Pulse machine, Technologies, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. And then the Juve uh, Red Light. But we'll link here, to those two for sure. Here's here's some of the easy ones. Like for me, I'm I want biohacks that are simple and that are keystone habits that increase momentum everywhere, but don't hurt anything. So for me, here are the big ones, Anthony. Hydration, mm-hmm. like. A biohack that makes every biohack better. Here's what I always tell people. It doesn't matter what supplement you're taking, what light you're standing in front of, how intentional you are about what you're doing in the day. If you're dehydrated, it's probably not working or it's probably not working to where it could. So if you want to supercharge everything, hydration. Second biggest biohack is 20-minute morning walk. No joke. If I can get people to do a 20-minute morning walk, chemically they improve, hormonally they improve, awareness improves. 
dude, back pain, skin conditions, hair growth. Like I know it sounds crazy, but I actually had a client come back to me and say, I feel like my hair stopped falling out since I started taking morning walks. Um, but if you think about the stress of being in a fight or flight response all the yeah. time and being adren adrenally, adrenally led and thyroid led, that will make your hair fall out. So the 20 minute morning walk, so hydration, 20 minute morning walk, and then some type of meditation or breathing practice. And it doesn't have to be something crazy. Like a three-minute meditation is enough to knock you out of a, of a reactive period. And so for me, it's like, how do we make things the easiest we possibly can? Drink water, take a walk, and breathe. I love it. <laughs> what about the footballs? Let's get into just briefly. <laughs> Let's do it briefly. Let's do it briefly, Gary. This is out. <laughs> so, so one of the one of the so you know, I think I think a lot of the 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 a lot of what we learn is, I think, biohackers or business people or anything like that is because you have a severe weakness there. So one of the reasons why I think I'm really good at showing entrepreneurs how to set up systems in their business is because I'm terrible at that. So I had to figure it out. One of the weaknesses I have physiologically is I've always had really challenged feet. Like I have a lot of pain in my feet. Um, I've had some neuropathy in my feet. I've actually had some deformation in my feet because when I was younger, I grew really fast and they got compressed into shoes. So like my feet aren't, aren't fully even developed. And so I, I did a ton of study and research on feet on how to get them better. And what I found was it's not about getting them better. The feet are actually a key to health throughout the entire body. Like foot health equals entire body health. And what we don't realize is there's lymphatic tissue in our feet that are responsible for the circulation for the feet. So Anthony, that ball that you just had, I showed Carrie how to do this earlier. Oh, really we helps. show people, it really helps, right? Yeah. And it's like this three minutes and people are like, in three minutes, I've, like I told you, I've had guys who have come back from war who have massive stress pain in their feet, and they've stood on the ball for three minutes, and they've got tears coming out of their eyes because nothing has relieved it so far. And so foot health is incredible. So here's the trick that I showed Carrie. If you have... Uh, if you want to, to release pain in your foot or release pressure in your foot and throughout the body, take a ball, roll it around on the bottom of your foot, find the area of highest pressure and just kind of lean into it, take it up to a pain level of five and breathe. And what you'll find is the pain goes away and you can increase the pain again. Do that several times. And here's what happens every time. Like Carrie, you had kind of a sur surprise look on your face. Yeah. Because you spend two or three minutes doing that and the entire foot feels open and loose and almost numb. Like almost like there's no I felt tingles in my arms. Yeah, because of the lymphatic life. system. Yeah. <laughs> All right, you'll have to watch the video we shot. It's one of my favorite this. biohack series. Yeah, you'll have to watch the video, um, but I definitely wanted it to just be said. <laughs> we need crazy. we need to pique some some yeah. interest here, so they'll go check it out. Yeah, we've got we've got some cool accompanying videos on on that and Alex's gym and we're Carrie's doing deadlifts standing on rocks. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's pretty cool. You will not do normal stuff if you come here. <laughs> yeah, we've, we've been having a blast. Um, what's your favorite supplement or a couple supplements? Um, so, you know, I think one of my favorite supplements right now is the 40,000 volts that mm -hmm. I showed you earlier. Yeah. I drink so much water that I want to make sure I'm getting a decent amount of minerals and a decent amount of, um, you know, that the, the water's sticking and it's, I'm getting the electrolytes, the things that I need. So 40,000 volts is a product that's made out of a, a lake in Utah where it's all natural minerals. It's a natural mixture. It includes the entourage effect. I love that supplement. It's by Trace Minerals Research. Yep. We'll link to it as well. Trace Minerals is awesome. And then it's as far as other supplementation goes, probably CBD oil. Yeah, <laughs> you know, we love CBD. CBD oil. Yeah, I mean, I love the Fab CBD. 
I use their oil. Um, uh, Josh Delaney, who created Fab, is a really good guy, and he gets his oils from uh, Colorado. And and I don't know if like you guys are familiar with the rules in Colorado, but in order to grow hemp or marijuana products, you have to be organic, no chemicals. Yeah. All the water has to be filtered. So the Fab CBD product is a really solid product. And then if there was one other supplement, I think I'd have to say Qualia. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if you guys are using Qualia, but I don't use it all the time. Periodically. Periodically. But when I need it, like when I'm at an – if I have to go to an eight-hour event, that's like running a marathon for me. If I have to sit in a room and learn – well, and learning is so hard for me. Like learning somebody else's stuff, I have to really care about it. Like I love Russell like crazy. Russell starts talking. I have to like really be focused on trying to absorb and Qualia is – is a connector there. Like it helps me. It, it is. It's a tool. Yeah. I think people can totally abuse it. And if you take it yeah. every day, it's going to put you in the wrong direction. But when I was younger, I was put on Adderall and there was, there was so many negative effects of Adderall. It's hard for me to talk about them all, but there was like, Hey, I could focus a little better. Mm-hmm. The qualia gives me some of that focus a little better feeling, but it also is like more awareness, more intention. Here's what's weird. You take qualia, you don't procrastinate. I don't understand it. Do you find that? That you don't procrastinate? Yeah, like it turns off the procrastination instinct. I've, I have I get way more done. Yeah. A lot yeah. of times. Especially yeah. like Carrie will sometimes look at me and be like, you're on fire right now. I'm like, I think it was like those three capsules of qualia. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> and let, let's put that out there. So qualia on the box or on the bottle, it says you can take seven. Yeah. I'm 220 pounds. The most I ever take is four. Yeah. 250. Yeah, you're like, you're like two. two. Yeah. yeah. Two. I'm yeah. three. I'm the same. Four. I'm super yeah. sensitive. Yeah. The, I did take seven one day. It was, I did not like it. I felt <laughs> a little spun out of control. Yeah. No, sir, yeah. It was, like it. it was a little like I was so focused. I wasn't focused, yeah. you know, like just aggressively waiting for something to happen. But yeah. when I take three or four, it's awesome. Mm-hmm. I but agree. I, I have noticed, like I, I've told people that it makes me procrastinate less and they're like, huh? But it really does. Last two questions. What's your diet like right now? You were, you were consuming what looked like a delicious shake uh-huh. when we walked in. Tell us a little bit about that. What's, what's a day look like for you in terms of nutrition? So I get up in the morning and um, I drink a, a glass of fresh made celery juice. I think mm-hmm. if you look at the alkalizing properties and all the other stuff that is in celery juice, it's pretty amazing. So I do the celery juice, I do a green smoothie, and then I do a hypernutrition shake. And I know that's a lot of drinking and some people say like there's some issues with how that assimilates into the body. However, if you look at the science behind a green smoothie of, of how it breaks down the fiber and helps detoxify the body. I just feel so much better after I have it. And then in the hypernutrition shake, I have some collagen protein, mushrooms, a bunch of different mushrooms, some isolates and some concentrates, but not a lot of chemicals. Like most of what I do is dried powders of actual foods. Explain isolates and concentrates for people who aren't familiar. Okay. So a concentrate is taking like acai berries and concentrating it down so that you have the full nutrition of the acai berry and it's all there. An isolate. Right, right. And an isolate is like saying, um, I'm going to take chromium picolinate. Mm -hmm. I don't take a lot of isolates. I don't take a lot of isolated minerals, substances, chemicals, any of that. I like the entourage effect. Mm -hmm. So when you look at the hypernutrition shake that I have, there's some bulletproof coffee in it. The caffeine helps with the absorption of nutrients. And then there's just massive amounts of superfood nutrients. So by mixing mushrooms and berries and maca powder and um, mesquite powder, you're getting this huge amount of phytonutrients. And I think that protein or, or grass food collagen. I use I use Dave's collagen protein, and then I also use um, some cacao powder and some raw cacao 
um, nibs. Reason being the ORAC content of 14,000 to 19,000, like you really can't beat it. Then you throw some acai berry concentrate, blueberry concentrate. Here's what happens in that shake. Are there brands you like for some of those concentrates? Uh Yeah, I can give them all to you. Yeah, Yeah. so sun food is some of the best concentrates. And then when it comes to mushrooms, real mushrooms is the only brand I use. Mm -hmm. We also, we use real mushrooms for like the mushroom powder. And then Katie loves the, I can't remember what it is, but we'll give them to you upstairs. But um, here's what that shake has in it, Anthony. If you look at it, arguably, it'd be hard to find more more nutrients per calorie. I think there's too many people counting calories. Mm -hmm. Count nutrients per calorie. Nutrient density. Nutrient density. So Mm -hmm. what happens is when I get up, I have the the celery juice, which kind of wakens the body, the green smoothie, tons of fiber to cleanse the body, and then nutrient density, which – in the morning, my body gets this massive amount of nutrients. So evolutionarily, it says, hey, I'm okay. There's no panic. There's no starvation. There's no deficit here. And I feel like that calms the nervous system and helps me check in. So a lot of people argue against shakes. Man, for me, the way I feel, there's no comparison. And then I share that with my clients and those who start the hypernutrition shake. Dude, I get feedback that's so crazy. They're like, I see more. I feel more. I'm getting more done. I feel more connected. I feel more aware. I think like in today's day and age, we can overload our body with clean nutrients. Why wouldn't you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, what, like your body's going to take what it needs and excrete the rest. If you take a bunch of isolates and vitamins and, you know, I see people like this on Facebook taking vitamins, mm-hmm. your body doesn't really know what to do with all that stuff. Like there's an argument, all those isolates, the human body's never encountered that before, but you mix them in with the natural packaging in a concentrate and the entourage effect is there and you're actually absorbing stuff. Mm-hmm. And where does fasting fit into that? So, you know, for me, um, once or twice a month, I'll take some time out of eating, like take a day or I'll take a day where I don't eat or I'll take a couple of days where I don't eat. Um, we also are about to do the prolon fast that mm-hmm. like, oh. like reduce calorie, like four or five day fast. Mm-hmm. And so it's definitely part of it. But for me, when I'm not fasting, it's how do I overload my body with nutrients so it can take and pick what it wants? Because I think there's way too many people out there that are like, I'm fasting, but then I don't really eat great food when I come off of the fast. So for me, it's like tons of nutrient density. The body's never in a panic. And then I'm prepared for the fast. I think one of the, for me, one of the biggest challenges with intermittent fasting or fasting of any kind today is that people who are already nutrient deficient are going into fasting. Or, or sympathetic dominant. Right. And, and then, and then like, they're hey, there's no food either. Right. And then, then it's like taking sympathetic dominant and turning the dial up on it to the point where like now your body's in a, a true panic and in a true like condition when you're having issues. Yeah. So fasting is great, but you have to prepare for it and be ready for it. Totally. Last question, Andy. I'm good. I mean, this is, <laughs> this is, this is fantastic. Knowledge. Yeah. Mean, if you want to like, I just keep thinking, this is what a high performing entrepreneur sounds like. <laughs> the other one that listen I- to him talk, listen to the, it's, it's, it's amazing. And it's, I, I think the audience is going to love it. Absolutely. Uh, all right. Last one. What book, movie, or podcast changed your life? Book, movie, or podcast. Um, If I was going to name one book, and I know this sounds so cliche, dude, so I apologize for sounding cliche, but it's got to be Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. I knew you were going to say that. I agree. It really is. I I have a first edition. Yeah. So Katie went and bought me for my birthday a few years ago an actual first edition from that. Yeah, because I've read it so many times. I've taught classes on it. And, you know, um, 
I think Napoleon Hill just figured something out when he wrote that book because the first time you read it, you don't really get it. And the second time you don't really get it. And the third time you don't really get it. And I've read it like 50 or 60 times. And if, if I went and picked it up right now, I'd get something more out of it. Mm-hmm. But I feel this spiritual connection to that book because the Katie and I went bankrupt in 2007. It was one of the worst times in our lives. And I walked, I remember like going to the, to the, to the attorney's office and him having say we were going to go bankrupt. And I was just devastated, Anthony. It's like, all I ever wanted to do was be a successful entrepreneur in my whole life. That was success to me. was just being a successful entrepreneur. And here I was about to legally and publicly and officially declare I lost. And I lost in the biggest way you could. I went bankrupt. And I walked over to my bookshelf and Think and Grow Rich was there. And I picked it up and I opened Like I'm It's such a crazy experience to even retell it. I opened it and the book opened to the passage that says every adversity carries with it an equal and greater opportunity. And I'm like, holy crap. Like it it was like a lightning strike and I was holding the book and I was kind of shaking. And I remember saying like, "Uh, Katie, I just opened this book and look at the line and we were going bankrupt. And I'm like, if this is true, things are going to be amazing. So I'm like, okay, let's just act as if. And we came out of that bankruptcy within a year. We were we were liquid millionaires again. Within four years, we had put a company on the Inc. 500 list at number 21. And within six years, the U.S. Treasury said we had helped recover the foreclosure crisis by five to seven years. And so that book in that moment, oh, dude, Carrie, it's like I get emotional about it. I lay in bed and think about it because that moment of like, hey, we're going to act as if changed everything. And every time I pick up that book and I read three or four pages, it's like all you need is three or four pages and you're back in momentum. That was the perfect way to bring this home. Yeah. Thank yeah. you so much for yeah. doing Dude, this. This was so much we fun. We appreciate you. This Dude, was, it was this great was having blast. you both here. You are, you are the man. Yeah, we're going to get up and give you a hug. Um, before we do, tell tell the listeners and the viewers where they can follow you, where they can you know, apply to work with you. All awesome. That sort of stuff. So best place on Facebook is to go to our Facebook group called Billionaire Code. Apply to get accepted. Answer the three questions. We'll accept you. And then uh, the podcast is on MomentumPodcast.com. And if you want to apply to work with our team, billionairecode.com and uh, I just want to let the two of you know this has been such a fun morning and so engaging and I feel like we could just talk all day so we've got to do this again (laughs) we've got to do this again we'll put together a whole whole fun workshop just for you I'm in thank you brother thanks guys what's up guys Anthony here and thank you so much for listening to this episode of the biohacking secrets show One of my favorite things to do is helping men and women like you feel what it's like with the body you've always wanted and all day energy that starts the moment you wake up and doesn't quit. Over the past decade, we've created a proprietary health assessment that helps me to identify the unique toxicities and deficiencies that may be holding you back from the life that you deserve. And what we've discovered in doing this with now thousands of CEOs, executives, professional athletes, businessmen, Hollywood celebrities, and entrepreneurs is that there's always room for improvement and optimization. Whether you're already performing at a high level or you have that feeling inside your heart that you're capable of more, the single fastest way to unlock your potential is to upgrade your mind and your body. And there's no program on earth that does that faster or to a greater magnitude than our one-on-one consulting program at www.biohackingsecrets.com forward slash coaching. 
We start with our proprietary health assessment that screens you for vitamin deficiencies like A, D, magnesium, iron, etc., high cholesterol and heart disease, high blood pressure, digestive disorders, hidden infections like Lyme, Epstein-Barr, parasites, SIBO, candida, and more that can just drain your energy in the background, especially if you don't know about them. Anxiety, depression, and cognitive disorders, autoimmune disease, adrenal fatigue, thyroid issues, mold toxicity, heavy metals, environmental toxins, and other genetic risk factors like MTHFR, APOE status, your glutathione production, and many more. We even recommend the specific tests that I use with my one-on-one clients if they're relevant for you in figuring out your biological age and identifying those key areas and opportunities that can take your life to the next level. From there, we create a customized game plan along with a personalized supplement protocol to help you optimize your weight and energy at the cellular level. And for our platinum clients, we even include a personalized workshop with me in Delray Beach, Florida. Most of the year, this program's full with a waiting list, but we just had a couple spots open up and I wanted to offer them to the listeners of the Biohacking Secrets show first. So if you're interested in seeing what it might look like for us to work together, head over to www.biohackingsecrets.com forward slash coaching. That's www.biohackingsecrets.com forward slash C-O-A-C-H-I-N-G and fill out the short application form. If you're pre-approved, you'll be given the opportunity to book a time to connect with someone on our team and see if it's a fit. Thank you so much for being a part of this community, and I look forward to potentially going on this journey together. 